welcome to Manage Self, Lead Others podcast. I'm your host, Nina Sunday, and this time we're turning the mic around and my assistant, April Evans, is going to be asking me questions about productivity. Welcome, April. Hello. How are you? Thank you. <laughs> yes, thanks, thanks for uh, coming along to uh, ask me everything you wanted to know about productivity. So please ask me your first question. I'm keen to answer. I'm wondering what's your number one tip for getting things done? At the end of every day, craft a task list or a to-do list ready for the next day. Don't go to work and start crafting your to-do list then. The number of times I hear people say, well, the first thing I do when I go, arrive at my desk is to start my to-do list and I go wrong. It's at the end of every day ready for the next day. So uh, it goes way back about a hundred years when uh, this story about Charles Schwab and Ivy Lee and Charles Schwab was in the Bethlehem Steel Company and Ivy Lee was a consultant. And it was Ivy Lee's number one productivity tip. And you know, when I heard that story, I went, I'm going to try that. And I'm telling you now, it's made all the difference. It's the single most useful piece of advice I've ever had in business. Well, that's part one. Part two is you craft that list in order of priority. So after you've maybe, look, you might already have items on your list, but it's all about reorganizing in order of priority, your top six items ready for the next day. So always craft a list of top six items ready for the next day in order of priority so that when you arrive fresh, you don't have to think, you just look at that first item on your list and that's the first item that you do. You start with your number one priority. So my question to listeners is, do you start each day working on your number one priority? That's a very good point. I guess going on from that, do you think that we should write down just the critical things or? What's your suggestion on that? Well, I'm glad you asked that, April, because it's in whenever I do a, a session on productivity, one of the questions I ask people is, do you write down absolutely everything or just the critical things? And I'm here to tell you, I used to just write the critical things, but do you know what I found? At night when I was going to sleep, trying to go to sleep, my mind would go over and over all the little things I had to do because I was relying on memory for anything that was not written on my list. So if it's not on your list, your memory is reminding you when it has the opportunity as you drift into sleep. Suddenly, I've got to send this, I've got to add that, I've got to notify this person, I've got to send that thing. It's like these are all little two-minute jobs that I think are way too trivial to spend time putting on my list. but. They keep me awake at night and that's called mind churn. And I would have it on, in the morning upon awakening, like I'd have to get up because my mind would be going over all the little things I have to do. I find that when I write absolutely everything, I sleep like a baby and wake up feeling completely refreshed. And what I'm thinking about is not all the things I have to do because they're handled. My mind is 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 thinking about how can I improve the way I do things? I've got the mind space uh, to be creative, to be strategic, 
to do some planning, to question uh, what is it that I'm not doing that I could be doing, all these things that are all part of continuous improvement. So definitely write down everything. And I'm not the, the only person to, uh, to discover that. There's a book that I recommend, David Allen's Getting Things Done, and he's a, a, a supporter of the principle of writing down absolutely everything. So how should I deal with competing priorities? Ah, yes. Well, this sometimes tears you apart. It's like, oh, I, you know, I've only got an hour before the next meeting. Do I do this priority or that priority? In which case you have to defer to perhaps an analytical process, which is which item is, well, depending on how much time you have, which item is low effort, high payoff. You do those things first, because if it's high effort and high payoff, well, you may not get it done, especially if there's a looming appointment. So uh, perhaps don't even start something that is high effort. And you certainly, maybe you don't do all the little things that really, if it's done tomorrow, it doesn't really matter. The, the, the principle is to always be working to priority and don't do things in the order in which you feel like doing things because in any day you probably have a must do and i'm going to recommend there's a thing called eat that frog which is get the thing that must be done today that if it's not done becomes a critical issue get that done early it's called eat that frog because the frog is the thing you least want to do make that number one or number two priority so it's out of the way and honestly I've discovered all these principles on the basis of having broken some of my own rules in the past. And when I suffer the consequences, I go, well, that's never again. That's a never again experience. I'll never again put off a must do till three o'clock in the afternoon. Because what happens? Suddenly you get an inquiry from a brand new person that requires 50 minutes of your time. And suddenly you're ringing up your friends at six o'clock saying, I'm sorry, but I can't join you for dinner. So. I've had that happen in the past. I don't want that to happen to you. So do you recommend multitasking? Well, multitasking is a misnomer because you cannot do two things at once properly. I know. I tried to write an email at the same time as having a, a phone call with a friend until I was so involved in my email that my friend noticed the gap and said, Nina, you're not writing an email while you're on the phone to me, are you? I was mortified because I really value this person's friendship and she'd found me out. <laughs> so you can't, that's number one, you can't multitask. It's actually called context switching. What it is, it's doing two things very fast and switching from uh, one to the other, one context to the other. And Elon Musk, very famous uh, person in the world, uh, in an interview, live interview, he said, context switching is a mind killer. And Daniel Leverton, who wrote the book, The Organized Mind, he says the same thing. You are way more if, uh, inefficient if you are switching context frequently than if you focus on one task and take it to its completion, then focus on a different task. Now, of course, interruptions are different. When I said earlier about um, 
work to your priorities and complete a task until it's complete, you will get interrupted throughout the day. But instead of dropping your current task, you identify where does the priority for this new task sit and you add it to your list according to its new priority and then continue on with the with the task you were you were in the middle of doing because the the power of focus is all important so um sometimes when i'm at work i find myself getting distracted and daydreaming how can i stop doing this well guess what I used to be down on myself too because I'd find I'd be uh, in the middle of maybe going in to find a document and then halfway through the process I go, and where was I? And I have to backtrack. I used to think there was something wrong with me. Guess what? It's normal. It's called brain default mode and we are constantly seesawing between focus and daydream and it's absolutely normal. Now, it's a little bit different too being tempted by distractions. Those are the things you have to manage. But if you find that you're in the middle of searching for something either on your hard drive or on Google, and then you go, what was it I was searching for again? It's because your brain has gone into daydream mode and it needs to do it periodically. And it seesaws between focus and daydreaming. And it's absolutely normal. But what that might suggest to you is that maybe it's also normal to take short micro breaks, maybe every 20 minutes, maybe every 30 or 40 minutes, take a short five minute break. So you're giving your brain that rest that it needs in order to go back into focus mode. Sometimes I find the opposite happens and I feel overwhelmed and I have too much to do. Oh yes, that, that feeling happens to me periodically. And you know what that tells me? It tells me I've been sitting in my chair for too long. Because what happens when you sit in your chair? All the blood drains from your brain. It, it sort of uh, starts m moving away from your brain and your brain needs oxygen and glucose to function. And if you look at any PET scans of brains that have been sitting for half an hour or, or, or longer, you'll find that all the, all the red and orange yellow lights are gone and it's all these cool greens and blues, which means there's not much uh, happening in the ways of in the way of neurons firing so you the the we are physical beings we need to get up maybe walk around the office or walk around the block or walk around the yard wherever you are and pump some glucose and oxygen to your brain so that you're firing on all cylinders so I find that I feel overwhelmed when I haven't had a break and it's time to have one a short break so do you find that we are sitting at our desks too much? Oh, yes. Um, I've even heard experts tell me that um, sitting is the new smoking. In other words, it's bad for your health. Uh, we are, we're all way too sedentary. So that's why stand-up desks are so popular. And I frequently will uh, just prop, prop my laptop up on a, on a platform and... Uh, just you know work for a while standing up because it's just good for you you know and, and it's all it's it, it gives you a little bit more um movement and uh is, is good for your body and your mind um we also get too many emails uh what's your advice about handling emails well there's a couple of things that you can do to make it more manageable number one remember i said you've crafted a, a to-do list the day before 
ready for the next day. Unless you are a crisis help desk where your job is looking at emails, you know, that have come in overnight. Wouldn't it be better if you could just go straight to your task list, work out your number one priority and maybe get the first 30 minutes of that task done before you allow your brain the onslaught of all those emails, depending on what role you have, all those emails that are going to give you new thoughts, new tasks. So my thought is start with your number one priority for at least half an hour, then check your email second. The other thing that you can do is turn off email alerts. Why? Because anytime you get an alert, especially if there's a sound alert, you are tempted to go and check emails one at a time. And that is the killer of inefficiency. So the other thing that people do that are efficient is they check emails at say 10, 12, two and four, and maybe last thing before leaving. So check emails in clusters rather than one at a time. In your book, uh, Workplace Wisdom, for nine to thrive, you urge us to focus on completing the top 20% of tasks to achieve 80% of results. Uh, how exactly does that work? Well, see, the 80-20 rule, which is one that was coined by Vilfredo Pareto, it's called Pareto Principle, and it, it applies to a lot of things in life. You know, your, your top 20% of clients gives you 80% of your turnover, roughly speaking. And, and there's the 80-20 rule that you can apply to uh, effort versus results. And there seems to be some magic in that formula that if you're always working to priority, and if your task list, while you might have 50 items on it, if at the top of that list are the top six, and if that's where you live, that's where you focus your attention, it seems to just magically get everything else done in a, in, in a very efficient sort of way. So rather than say, what do I feel like doing next? Just ask yourself, what's the next most important thing for me to do? Hmm. And how do you recommend we shorten a phone call? Uh, well, I do have a little secret there. And uh, it's been great talking with you today, April, because I'm glad we had a chance to go through all of my hacks for productivity. Notice what I'm doing. I'm suddenly talking about our current conversation as if it's in the past. So it's called past tense, suddenly making the conversation describe it as if it's now in the past. So it was great speaking with you today, April. I hope we can do it again. I trust that you got some great ideas and wasn't it good that we uh, that you were able to uh, make the time to ask me these questions. Um, do you have any final advice? Well, um, one thing around continuous improvement that's important and a lot of people forget that the real work that they do in the real work that they do, they do for their job is how to do it better and most people just bumble along doing the same old job the same way they do it and yet if they just ask themselves periodically is there a better way to do it uh, how else could i do this who who else could do it is there someone i could delegate to uh, think about this if you're a people manager then 
you should be delegating to your individual contributors so you are growing them into your role so you can be promoted to your more senior role and you have somebody behind you that you've built their capability ready to take over. If you're a manager that hoards tasks and becomes the bottleneck in the office, you'll be overlooked for promotion because senior leaders want to find can-do people that know how to actually delegate and uh, delegate tasks and build the capability of their people. So uh, Kaizen is a Japanese principle of continuous improvement. Uh, there's the principle of marginal gains, which is finding lots of 1% improvements in the day. So uh, that's probably my best tip is always be continuously improving. And also, some people say to me, oh, Mina, I get to the end of the day and I look at everything else on my list and I, it makes me feel so demotivated. And I say, don't look at everything else on your list. In any one day, you can really only achieve six items. And of course, unless, you've, unless it's a project of which it's multiple steps, as long as it's um, six items that, and with, you take into account you have other interruptions and other ad hoc uh, duties that occur in a day, just focus on what you can get done in a day and about six items on any task list is about right. Um, one of the things that um, I didn't yet mention is to make sure that of those six items that they're not all urgent, that at least one of them is something important that will have a deadline looming further down the track so that you're not always working in urgency, you sometimes you're actually taking the time to work ahead of a timeline. So you're working on important things. And the other thing is to understand the difference between an action step and a project. A project combines multiple action steps. And if you do have a project, list all the separate action steps and just do each action step one at a time in order of its priority. And that way, everything feels more doable. So what are the two best books to read on time management? Well, great believer in David Allen's Getting Things Done, and he's sparked a whole GTD movement, Getting Things Done. The other thing is um, I'm currently reading Daniel Leviton's The Organised Mind, and what he has to say about neuroscience and efficiency is amazing. And of course, there's the old favourite, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, those are probably my top three. And if you want to know how to manage meetings, then Ray Dalio's Principles, Life and Work, his section on meetings is best practice. Thank you so much for all that. Um and for giving all those tips and advice. April, it's been a real pleasure and thanks for being so, asking such astute questions. Thanks a lot. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.